it all boils down to farts. I mean. <laughs> it all boils down to farts. The ones we share and the ones we keep what we think is hidden behind the bathroom door. <laughs> cognitive dissonance he can't hear it he could be sitting on the other side of the door right but I just need to believe that he cannot hear (laughs) even though I openly fart and it's it's weird how do you decide which parts need to be private and which parts don't which parts need to I don't know I don't know but there does seem like a, a a sense of urgency to hide some parts maybe that's just me but then other parts it's just like whatever some farts it's really I think it's really about the moment like if I'm sitting on the couch with you and we just had dinner like yeah a fart is probably gonna come out but it's like if we just finished having like you know the sexy roast turkey sex then I probably don't want to ruin that moment with a fart (laughs) no I think that that's fair (laughs) and I'm not gonna name names but we were having a game night with um, a friend and they felt very free and let one out. And I applaud their bravery, but there was a lot of bravery of us living through this experience. I have had to say it a couple of times though recently where I'm like, listen, like we're at like someone's house and I'm like, Let, we're all friends here. Let's just be aware that a fart might come out. And it just might happen. It just might happen. But if you think that it's maybe going to be one of those mind-blowing ones, maybe that's a private part. <laughs> Still, like, right. Just, yep, just, I'm going to go pee. That might that might be a private part. That right? might be a, a private part. Or a COVID part. Like, <laughs> six feet away with a mask. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's got to be a new thing. COVID part. <laughs> okay okay welcome to your like pretty the inventors of covid farts where you're always at least six feet away yes when you let it go (laughs) i feel like that sounds like you're just ready to be done (laughs) i think i'm also just super ready to not be pregnant anymore (laughs) it it gets to that point yeah and then once you're kind of in it you're like oh i should have just chilled out because like i got a lot of i got a lot of time ahead of me with this (laughs) i know little dude or little girl (laughs) oh my god it's so well all right yeah I mean is that basically like kind of what we want to like talk about today just yeah like why not we want to just like do we want to just do like a kind of loose fit episode I mean we could talk about the atrocity that was the sex in the city reboot okay well yeah like we definitely (laughs) could talk about that because I okay but I don't know if we need to (laughs) Let's just give the viewers some updates, our okay. viewers, listeners. <laughs> Welcome so, back, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Bear with us. We're, we're getting back in the groove of things. Neither uh, one of us have any of our sound equipment. We're raw dogging it. Nope. We're, we're just here to give you a low-key, awesome epi. But awesome I mean, epi. we have some updates because I think, you know, some big changes since you know our last episode yes I think I don't think you announced or you know let people I hadn't know. announced yet no nobody knew yes but you have a a bebe I have a baby inside of me <laughs> at this very moment growing <laughs> growing yes. and doing things in there yes listeners <laughs> 
yes, I am 34 weeks pregnant with our baby girl. Nice. She is set to arrive April 16th, but I am manifesting earlier than that because I, you can hear, okay. So I'm also going to apologize to our listeners because I say like breathing is real hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It got to a point where like I would be in Zoom meetings and I would just sound like I had run up the stairs or something. I'm like, trust yeah. me, I'm not doing any running right now, but it would just sound it literally yep. happened like the other, like a little while ago, Brian was like, were you working out? I was like, no, I was changing the bed sheets. They <laughs> <laughs> put a lot of pressure so on your lungs and everything. It's, they just will never understand. They will never get it. It's no, okay. no, but it's no. great. It's wonderful. It's the most wonderful, terrible experience of your life. <laughs> well, you've it's- had some like rough like things yeah. yeah it hasn't been the easy it hasn't been the worst but it hasn't been the easiest um but yeah so we so we took a little time off from our pod because like life and all things were going on but we're back yeah I think now. definitely we missed you guys we, we missed, missed like doing this I know I definitely missed doing this. I really miss doing it I actually had a client the other day who told me that our episode actually the episode the last episode we did with Dana helped her when she was leaving a job I know oh. it was like and I didn't even know she listened to it it was so it felt so nice Shout out like, Deebs. that's awesome yeah that's amazing so she, yeah she talked about how because I think in that episode we talked about taking the emotion out of when you decide mm-hmm. to move on from a company to a different company and um she said that she knew that from like previous people that had left this company before that they tended to kind of um, like when you would give your notice, kind of like say like, oh, well, but we really love you and we think you're so great. And oh, try to make like, it difficult. Yes, to we have all these things set up for you and planned and like trying to emotionally kind of blackmail people into staying as opposed to, you know, taking care of their employees in the first place. So that was really cool. I was like, yeah, interesting to awesome. hear that she got, you know, she kind of went into it and saying like, I'm taking the emotion out of this. Like, this is for me. This is for my, like this, I have this like set goal that I'm going towards. Like, I'm not going to be, yeah. Like emotionally bullied into staying in a job that I know I don't want to be in. So I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I knew for serious. I mean, I have to even say like in my own home and my husband listened to that episode and he had not done well on an interview or I wouldn't say he didn't do well but as well as he wanted to and then he was he got some good advice like he started to like just kind of reconceptualize how he went into that interview yeah and I'm kind of proud of him because he just got a promotion um (laughs) and a lot of that was based on some of the advice that he took from the interview about just trying to be yourself Mm -hmm. and not like try to force a connection yeah because being yourself is really important and uh it's usually gonna make more of a difference than like just coming in there with like this vibe like oh I'm just here to report every single thing that I ever did on my resume and right so it it went really well that's awesome yeah Yeah. Brian said it too he was like after listening to the episode he was like you know I didn't I think he said something along the lines of like He's like, oh, I definitely have that. Like, I've definitely experienced like the imposter syndrome and I just never knew there was like a terminology for it, right? So that was really cool to hear too. So 
Yeah. We're for all. Yeah, making differences. Yeah. So so we left y'all without a dope beat to step to for a minute. A minute. But what we left behind, you know, but you had a good taste in your mouth from <laughs> listening and learning from Dana. And yes. now we're just going baby, 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 because we have my baby, her baby, your baby. <laughs> Lots of babies. Um, but yeah, you know, we speaking of babies, we got a lot of positive feedback too from 80s episode about choosing not to have babies. Yes. And really, you know, just being accepting of whatever your decisions are and not mm-hmm. like taking judgment from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like that episode was so huge. Um, especially the part that we talked about, we talk about when it comes to like advocating for your health with your doctors. Um, even just like the other day, I mean, I just, I did decide to just do it, but I didn't realize. So I, um, okay. Sorry. Like, this is also mommy brain. So my, like my conscious thought is going to like be interrupted. It's okay. I will last for quite some time. <laughs> I will say, I will call myself on my own. Like you're like really pretty moment. Right. Because I used to hear people say mommy brain. And I was like, that's bullshit. I'm like, that's just someone being like forgetful and like blaming it on being pregnant. Like I was so guilty of that. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, there's no such thing as mommy brain and it's fucking real. It's real. It's real. It's like you real. leave your keys in the fridge. Like you just, you, you can't hold on to anything. Like, so yes, mommy brain, I will say is very real. Mommy brain is so real. It is so real. It's, I don't like it any more than the people that I have saying that I have it too. But, <laughs> but no, I told that, I totally, you're like really pretty people with that. When I was like, like that's not a real thing. Um, but I will say that coming into being pregnancy, I would say the hardest part for me was definitely like dealing with the body changes of it. Um, I've definitely worked with my therapist in the past about with, um, self-esteem body dysmorphia has been a huge issue for me over the years. I feel like I've been on a diet since I was 25 years old when like my body just stopped like metabolizing food on its own. And I had to start like working for it. Um, so, so it's been a struggle. I mean, there's never been a point like where I was like not eating what I was supposed to like, of course I've like kept my nutrition up, like done everything I need to do for the health of Of my child, but I've definitely dealt with like the anxiety and feeling like the social pressure, especially with social media of being that like thin pregnant lady. That's only belly mommy, the the fit fit mom. That's like all all over, all I see on Instagram is like people that are just belly. And, um, but what I, so what I didn't realize kind of circling back to the, um, you know, setting boundaries with your doctors is you can actually decline to be weighed when you go to the doctor's office, which I didn't know. And, um, a cousin of mine who now has, I think he's almost three months old, told me that you can at any time, it's not even when you're pregnant, like, unless like they're physically monitoring something like maybe if it has to do with like diabetes or heart condition, that kind of thing. Sure. They might want to know where you're at health wise, but if you're in a position where you're like, I don't need to know my weight today because it's not going to help me physically, mentally, you can set that boundary. So that's my little tidbit for people because I know, right. Because I know that personally in the past, I have struggled with that number. Oh, definitely. And I know it's just a number. And I know that the number it's reflecting is just the natural changes that my body is going through, right? Like 
I'm growing a human. It's fucking insane. There's all I know, but it's hard to break that mentality. It's hard to break that mentality. Yeah. I remember they, so the wrestling practice area at my high school was the same area where drama club was, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I definitely wasn't in wrestling. I was in drama. (laughs) Wait, were you not a wrestler? (laughs) I mean, I can't believe I wasn't. I mean, that is basically drama too. Um, They would keep, you know, because for wrestlers, you have to like have, you know, an exact body weight to be in different like Mm. meets, matches, whatever they do. Yes. Yeah. Different Um, weight classes or whatever. Weight classes. Yeah. So they would always leave this um, scale on the stage. So like every day after school, before drama, I would go and like weigh myself. And Mm. if there was like even like a pound difference, like that would make or break like the rest of my afternoon. Sure. And Sure. It is so hard to like bust out of that mindset. It's really hard. I think there's only two times in my life so far that that hasn't been like a trigger for me. One was when I was really, really heavy into CrossFit because I was building muscle. Yes. And I was just so happy about being strong. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the number as much. And oddly, when I was pregnant, Mm-hmm. I don't know like I just felt like such a connection between food and like a healthy connection like oh I'm nourishing this child yeah nourishing yes <laughs> yeah and so I just felt like okay I feel so at peace like with what's happening here mm-hmm. yeah I have to say post it's like so there's this like hormone that gets um, produced when we get pregnant, progesterone, and that kind of helps us be a little bit more chill Yes. when we're pregnant. The minute they're born, like that like goes drops like, off. down, totally drops off. And it's like crazy because I was very chill, like as a pregnant person, which mm-hmm. I was very like surprised by. I thought, oh, I'm going to be way more anxious, but I was mm-hmm. chill. Yeah. And then- yeah. <laughs> came and I was like oh I am not chill anymore I am the opposite of chill yeah I am like hot but not like hachi machi I'm like (laughs) and that's it like every and I know I know every woman's experience with pregnancy is going to be different and you know this has just been like my experience with it but I definitely feel like I I resonate with that a lot too right especially like almost feeling like you have that freedom of like for once in my life maybe I don't have to actually worry about my weight all that much like Mm -hmm. you know not like going ham like yes there have been times where I've you know had a spicy chicken sandwich at two in the afternoon after already leaving lunch (laughs) because it just (laughs) felt like that's what I needed but it then just also, felt like that's what you were needing it was and just right but there's also been plenty of healthy soups and stews and big you have made some and, beautiful soups I've seen you. some of them they're gorgeous thank you you know so it just gives you like that sense of like for once in my life right since we're teenagers and young girls and there's all this pressure on us to be a certain size and a certain weight I mean I definitely have seen more and more of like trainers and health experts say like it's not about the way I like the number I'm glad that that is kind of yeah we're starting to get away from that a little bit but I'll feel like there are days where I'm like this is fucking awesome I can just kind of be free and be my body and let it do what it needs to do and then there are days where I saw the wrong picture on Instagram or a reel of some another parent another mom who great for her and then that's her body and her journey but she's farther along than I am 
And I feel like she looks incredible. And granted, there's it's filters. It's so hard. It's so hard day to day. So, so if hard you understand- to let go of that. So yeah. So I'm just, like, if you go, if you are pregnant, or even if you're not pregnant, and you go into that doctor's office, and they say like, let's hop on a scale. You are you are every right to say like, you know, not today. Um, not for me. Also, post pregnancy too, because yeah. I had I ended up having to do that because yeah. it's, like I said, that progesterone dropped, and I got to be very anxious. And then, you know, I go to the doctors and I just kind of felt like, oh, in my mind, I was like, there's about five to 10 pounds of fluid and da 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 bloat. <laughs> so I was like, what's your son? And then he weighs this and this amount. So I was right. like, I'll naturally be down 20 pounds the moment he's born. Right. Right. No, not quite. Not quite. So I would go and I wasn't losing the weight postpartum the way I thought I should. And sure. I got to the point I went to an, the doctor's appointment and I was so stressed because mm. I knew I was going to get weighed. And I just said, no, I told them, I was like, I feel Good. like this is just going to make me feel worse. Mm-hmm. Because One again, if it's I'm, not like, if they don't physically need it for something that they're like monitoring for you health wise, it's, it's not really, it's not important. It's just no. like one of those things that we're kind of reflecting on when we go to the doctors and say like, do I actually really need to go through this? Like, is this the way the protocol has to be, or just has it been this way for a hundred years? And like some things in medicine have come like so far and it changed so much, but then there's other things like, do I really need to be weighed every time I go? Right. No. Is it really that hard to request like I want to be my, I want to have my thyroid check, my iron check. Like, why does it have to be this big to do to get blood pressure? Like, there are definitely things. Right. That like, it's very okay for us to say like, no, I want this. It's my body. It's my health. This is what I need in this moment. And like, you're, granted, here yes, for you're me. a doctor and you've been to school and I very much appreciate that. Of course. Of but course. We need to but meet you're in here the for middle. Me. Yes. You're, you're here to work from, I don't want to say work for me. It's like, right. Oh, my little servant. No, it's not like that. But I mean, we're here to work together. Yes. Like, right. To make sure that my health is, is good mm-hmm. and mental health is just as important. And if that number is messing with your mental health, then I don't know. No. And I think the big, a big thing I did want to like come to, and we got here so quickly and so organically today. I love it. Is, I love um, it. That like, I mean, granted, sometimes it's hard when you have, you don't have insurance, you have shitty insurance, da, da, da. And you have to go to certain doctors and certain networks. But I will say through this experience that if you have insurance that if, even if it's not good insurance, but you have insurance that gives you the option of different doctors, like find a doctor that you vibe with. I know it sucks because you might have to go to multiple visits. You might, especially when it comes to OBs, like you, your first visit with your OB might suck and don't let it discourage you. Go see someone else. Like, you know, like it's so important to find a doctor that you vibe with, you resonate with. I think it's really important to have someone like that'll say like, just send me an email if you have any questions about this medication or like they're just easily accessible because I feel like that was a huge difference I noticed with my OB to my primary care too, is when you're expecting, they say, call us like any day, anytime. If you have a question, if you're not sure, like if you're feeling weird, you don't know what the symptom is. And I've never had that before with any doctor, any other doctor in my life, you know, so find someone's going to advocate for you. Um, that like vibes with you, the, um, 
the OB's office that I was in, like usually you'll see a couple of different doctors because the chances of you having one of them deliver your baby right. are pretty high. The chances of you having your actual OB deliver right. your baby is really small, right? It is actually. Um... It just depends on like who's in the hospital that day. And I met with one, one doctor out of like the four in that office that I was seeing that I was like, um, don't schedule me with her again. And it was like, good just for you. Setting that boundary. Good to say for you. It. Um, because that's so good. I will say, so they, so uh, early on in my pregnancy, I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't early. I think they saw it at my 20 week anatomy scan when they look at everything and they see like the nitty gritty that I had. It's called placenta previa. And yeah. you, so I did not know it was a thing either. Right. So basically, um, what can happen very often, and I guess, which is surprising, I didn't hear about it, but the placenta, which is, you know, attached to your baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> can block your cervix. So the baby has no way of getting out. Oh, yes. And a lot of times it resolves on its own, it'll move into place, but you have to be very careful because when it's positioned like that, if you do anything like strenuous activity, sex, Anything like that and cause a bleed. Oh, wow. I had never heard of that. Yeah. So I hadn't either. And I'm like, (laughs) it was funny. So I could tell during the ultrasound that something was off, but you know, the ultrasound techs can't tell you anything because they're not technically doctors. And they're like, they're looking at something. But they know, they see this You know, they they get really quiet. You're like, oh, fuck. And so- you know, she, so anyway, so I'm seeing this woman who's not my regular OB and, and she says, um, do you have to previa? So here's what you need to do. She's like, you need to avoid sex. <laughs> okay. You need okay. to avoid like working out and you need to just like nothing that might cut like, and you need to like rest as much as often. I stand all day at work. And so, <laughs> So my first question, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, starting when? She's like, starting now. I was like, like wait, this minute. This minute. I was like, and like, we kind of I'm like, at, are you going to wheel me out of here? With right. Like people standing at me and giving me grapes? Like, right. how am I getting home? <laughs> like, how am I getting home? Right. And it was like, and I was like, so, so no sex. She's like, no sex. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, no. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I was like, are we talking like, just like inside stuff are we talking outside stuff she's like no sex no <laughs> orgasming like just stop there is this period though during pregnancy <laughs> yes. where you're into that there's a period and everything where you're they do is attractive like and it's the little things that they normally do you're like oh my god like you look so good loading the dishwasher right now like oh I my god making like building the crib <laughs> building the crib oh, anything with the anything nursery anything where they're doing the baby shit. stuff oh my god yeah Ooh. oh so that was rough but in the same visit you know when she's telling me like and i like i i like to be active like i like to work of out course. a couple of times a week you know um before pregnancy you know she's like um so this woman so this ob again she's not my regular she's telling me about the previa da 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 i'm like okay like i can handle these things and she's like most likely it'll figure itself out usually by week like 24 to 28 they check again see if it's moved it's like 90 percent of the time it's usually fine so I'm like okay that's fine great um but she's telling me that I can't be active 
Like I had to change my hours at work. So I wasn't there, like standing as much, all this stuff. And then she goes, and we need to monitor your weight. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, Why? it's a little high and, but it was just Thanksgiving. So I'm going to let it slide a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Fine that you need to monitor their weight if it's related to what this issue is. Right. But it wasn't. But what does this <laughs> Thanksgiving have to, you're going to let it slide? Yes. Yes. So, so you're not getting a, like a demerit me. for <laughs> having some extra weight? Like, I couldn't believe it. So literally within the span of five minutes, I have, I'm supposed to absorb all this information. Like you have this new medical diagnosis and you have to be really careful or you could cause a bleed and like really hurt your baby. And also don't get fat. I was like, shut it down. So the yeah. next, yeah. So I went out to the front desk because they, you know, they book you like your next like four appointments, like at a yeah. time. I was like, I would like to request to not see, I'm not going to say her name, but see this doctor again. And they're like, yeah, okay, no problem. So that's good for you though. I really admire that. But I don't know if I would have done it if we hadn't had like that conversation, like medical advocacy for yourself is so, is so huge. And I'm just going to, I'm just putting it out there for anybody who not even as like, yes, especially if you are expecting to get pregnant or trying to get pregnant, I think you might one day, it's so important. But I think with any of our doctors, like we kind of just got conditioned to feel like, well, doctors know best because they went through 12 years of medical school and da da da. And yes, of course, like I trust them, but also like, it's not the end all be all of. You also have to trust yourself a little bit too. I think it's, it's a a health, it needs to be a healthy marriage, right? Yeah. Your instinct and, and you know, your doctor. Mm-hmm. And it is hard to find a doctor that you really connect with. Yeah. I drive like an hour yes. still to get to my PCP because once yep. I found him, I, he just really knows me and understands mm-hmm. me. I mean, we're talking after my son was born, you know, I tried to be very open that I had postpartum yeah, and he would schedule and call me and he Mm. would just talk to me for like 30 40 minutes and just really give me this like reassurance around how I was as a person and as a mother yeah it was I think such a unique experience I don't think that most people's PCPs talk to them for more than 15 minutes at a time no no it's always on to the next one yeah, but he he knew me. Like he's mm-hmm. known me for so long, you know. <laughs> Actually, another one of our guests, Haley, is who, you know, turned oh, me on really? to him. Yes. She's like, Well, if you're looking for a very, very good doctor who's also very good looking, you should go here. <laughs> and um, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. You know, my husband knows. <laughs> It's okay. I actually went, so Brian got me a prenatal massage for uh oh. Valentine's Day which was amazing. Of course. Um, but I like walk into the Zen area, right? Where you sit and like, wait for your practitioner to come out. And I'm like facing away and I hear, are you Elizabeth? <gasps> and I turn around. Like a rom-com, right? Oh my gosh. Turn around. And I honestly wanted to start laughing. This guy was so like stereotypically attractive. <laughs> he had like he was like tall and he was thin and he had these tribal tattoos and 
he had this like oh my lord soft hair which was short on the sides and it had that long like soft kind of like swept over part on the front and I, I was like and you know you know they're like so we're gonna have you do our prenatal massage <laughs> give these moms moms a little extra (laughs) I was like I wanted to laugh so hard but also TMI for everyone who's listening when you're pregnant all you do is fart like it's just it's all day it's every day and I was like if I fart during this massage it would just be the icing on the cake and I was almost like ready and like forward to but then it makes stress and you're trying to get this nice prenatal massage and you're like oh I am like clenching as best I can (laughs) but I can't clench the same way anymore because other things are happening or you know it's just I feel like that would add an extra layer of stress. I also, this was like, I had a very nice, lovely pregnancy, but I had this one weird side effect that not many people I know have ever had. I drooled like all the time. <laughs> I'd be like drooling and farting. I was like, how unsexy if one person <laughs> I'm in a pretty oh, it's real. drooling on the pillow with party. <laughs> you try to turn around and be like, like it was Valentine. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day, right? It's like I'm trying. Like I tried so hard to like get it yes. together on Valentine's Day. So I went into Target and I found like the largest thing of lingerie that they sell. And <laughs> all I could think of was like if they put like a basted turkey inside a piece of lingerie. Oh, no. <laughs> Stuffing a big, like a, a Thanksgiving turkey into a it's like a farting turkey, <laughs> and then you're like, "Come and get it, dinner's ready." Well, I am sure Brian went for seconds, so it's okay. <laughs> oh my god! And then yeah, and then once it's over, you go into the bathroom and fart because you're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> And and for some reason, even though you know they can hear you, just the yeah. door makes it better. <laughs> not that I've like poor the poor guy, not that I've like saved him through any of this. Like a lot of the farts just come out, but I was like, it's Valentine's Day. Okay. You can't go from like zero to farting and like <laughs> you know what though? I <sighs> feel like they do that all the time. And it's true. And we handle it. So they, they the can handle too. it. Like, it, I was thinking about this the other day too, especially just because like, oh my God, I, oh my God, my poor husband. And he's the one that will probably edit this, but like <laughs> shaving when you're pregnant gets real difficult, right? Like becoming real. hair. Fr- and I don't understand what, <laughs> it just seems a little unfair to me that for eternity, right? You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to shave my body and I'm going to lotion and I'm going to like put on this like cute thing and then be like, and then they just show up in boxers that have a, you know, two inch hole in the back of them. And they're like, here's my penis. Where's the men's lingerie? Where is it? Where, where, where like, where's the target section for that? Like, why aren't they coming in and like going in the door and be like, how do I look, <laughs> the baby? For men's lingerie. 
Yes, exactly. Target, get on it because you're already failing with your clothing section. Oh, the clothing section, the maternity clothes are atrocious. The maternity clothes are atrocious, but you don't even need to go to maternity right, right. now at Target because everything there <laughs> is like a tent dress, a little house on the prairie thing. <laughs> you could get a size small. And it's still going to be too big because apparently people want to drown in the ugliest. That's honestly probably very find. true. I probably could go and get. It is rough. I <laughs> like Target is not for me anymore because I <laughs> like to go to Target and for one thing and then yes. wander around and come out with 30 oh, yes. things. Absolutely. But, it's the Target um, way of living. Exactly. But now our target is inundated with teenagers. Yes. And I used to go and buy clothes. There's nothing there any longer. It's no, it's rough out there. Because there's nowhere in the middle. It's either like crop tops and low-waisted jeans or a shapeless maxi dress. And there's nothing, there's nowhere in, in the middle. There's really not. There's <sighs> not. I will say this is one of my um, pieces of advice though for postpartum and this is for any listeners Mm -hmm. um, who have the same experience. Some women do go back to their, you know, pre-baby weight fairly easily. God Mm -hmm. love them. Sure. Um, Most of us don't. And it does, you know, if you're older, like an advanced maternal age, you know, it's harder as we've gotten older anyway to lose weight. So then you add on the baby weight. Right. And I know that for me, I was like, oh, I'll get back to my pre-baby weight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was a very active person. So I was like, hopefully that will help, but it didn't happen. And I didn't mm-hmm. initially buy clothes to fit my new body. Sure. And I felt uncomfortable because I was wearing things that weren't like me. Mm-hmm. And, but I was like, oh, I don't want to spend money on clothes. Um, yes, that I'm not the gonna money aspect is huge. It is huge. But you know what? I eventually just went and got clothes that fit the body I had mm-hmm. then. And then I felt more like myself and yeah. I didn't feel like I was like punishing myself for not losing the weight. Oh, mm-hmm. I've never, I mean, for any of you all that don't personally know me, most people know I like to wear dresses and, mm-hmm. you know, pretty blouses. And I'm not like a, a leggings person. I have no shame in leggings. I love them a lot more than I did before. Leggings <laughs> and a sweatshirt are yes. one of my favorite looks now. But I love I've always like loved dresses and everything. So wearing like leggings and and t-shirts that didn't fit, I just felt so gross. Um because and that's my own internalized stuff too. But I just felt like when I started dressing my body, yes, dressing for your body is can change everything. And yeah, even just day to day, even not, you know, coming back from a baby, right? Like just having clothes that fit. And and I know, like we said, sometimes like money is hard, but um, I actually, one of my coworkers, I was like, I was definitely feeling it because in the beginning of pregnancy, when my body started to change, I really didn't know like what to wear. I was just buying like bigger sizes of stuff. And I was talking to one of my coworkers about it. Her daughter is, I think, three years old now. And she was like, my biggest advice, which is someone that someone gave to me is like, buy maternity clothes. Like, yeah, even if you go to like Savers or the secondhand store and you go to like find maternity clothes because they're built 
to support like the shape that your body is in, as opposed to yeah. just buying something bigger that's kind of make that's gonna make you just feel like boxy and kind of square. Like it's gonna kind of just like, and it did, it helped immensely. Like making the change to actually wearing maternity clothes. I'm like, oh, I actually feel kind of cute and comfortable and just feeling yeah. feeling comfortable will like open so many doors for the rest of your days. Yes, I just think that's such a huge thing. And honestly just loving your body in whatever iteration mm-hmm. it is and like feeling confident and, and dressing it to feel yes I, I love style and I feel like it is a it can be an artistic reflection yeah. of yourself and so don't feel like you need to punish yourself your body just did no. this like amazing thing like this hugely amazing thing you deserve a bra that fits right. you deserve underwear that fits like yes. just if you know and obviously money is a factor but mm-hmm you know, if you have a friend who maybe wears a size that you are that, you know, you can do yeah. a closet swap or something. Clothing swaps. Yeah. We used to do this all the time. Like, let's Absolutely. bring back, so, bring back the clothing, let's swap bring back the clothing swaps. Like seriously, like we're all, everything is so expensive these days. Like, I think that's so actually expensive. like a great idea to throw out there to people. If you haven't done one yet, it's freaking awesome. You get a bunch of your girlfriends together. You all bring the four bags of clothes that I know is sitting in your trunk right now that you've been yep. needing to donate. have been in your car for six months like bring them over to a friend's house have a bunch of snacks drink some delicious drinks and just like go through each other's clothes and you will come home with like a new closet because oh absolutely absolutely I can't tell you how many times I got rid of stuff that I never even wore I bought it and it was like oh I don't know I don't feel about it I inherited it from someone else it's just like like it's I think we should definitely bring back the clothing tops and also like like waste clothing waste is so crazy right now too that like it's definitely something that we could definitely collectively all um do a little bit better on so and and now that like COVID restrictions are lifting we can kind of start to see people a little bit more freely now like what better way to celebrate this spring season than a clothing swap with your girlfriend a clothing swap is so much fun I mean it really is and you're right I remember coming out pieces where I had seen my friend wear it before yes. I thought I want that yeah. and they're yes. like oh well it's not in the store anymore yeah mm-hmm. and there it was at the clothing swap and I was like yes. diving on yes. it like, yes yes there, yeah, yes, there were times when you're like mine. okay do I want this and someone else is kind of eyeing it so uh so it's a blast so yeah clothing super fun. With your girlfriends super fun <laughs> yes do it do it because I understand like getting a new wardrobe isn't easy mm-hmm. uh but you just, you really need to feel comfortable. Especially as really... we our bodies change for so many reasons. Oh my God. It's your age. It's your diet. It's what medications you're on. It's like, do you have thyroid issues? Do you have iron issues? Like hormonal imbalances, whatever it is. Like you, so like many things. There's so many things like pre-pregnancy. I literally would have like four different sizes of jeans in my closet at any given time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For different seasons of yep. your body. Right? Of your body. Because you know, when you're menstruating, things yep. need to be different with your jeans game. Yep. And so it's a great this- idea to have those, to do that swap and then get that pair of jeans that maybe like fits you, but maybe it's a little bit bigger. Maybe it's a little bit like yeah. whatever, like, cause then you have it for when you need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's, it's important. You know, your body is going to change and it's mm. not just the weight piece. There's so many other parts of There's it. There's so many other parts of it. Like, yeah. honestly, and that part of like with pregnancy has been eye opening, like I said, and, um, 
pregnancy is so interesting and obviously in so many ways, but I was thinking about it today and it's like, you are literally, and I, I've actually, I've heard people say like, oh, well, I don't know. I feel like she lost herself. And like, when she had a baby, she just became her mom. And that was her own, her whole personality. And like, kind of like that, I felt like I've heard people, you're like really pretty, like moms, yeah. for doing that, you know? And then, but then I was thinking about it and I was like, but at the same time, you are never the same. Like you have given up your entire body. Yeah. Even if you do it once, if you do it 10 times, like every time you do it, it's going to be different. You're going to change as a person. Your body is going to change. So yep. yeah, your personality. And I, but I don't think, and I, I think in our very first episode, we actually talked a little bit about, um, and I think it was great advice that you said, like, you know, trying to not totally like forget and lose who you are and keep the pieces of yourself that are really important to you because you do want to, like, you are this new person, right? You are, you did Mm -hmm. become a mother. And, but at the same time, like, don't like, but at the same time, it's like, it is such a hard balance because it is, you are a different person. So I want to like say to anybody that maybe looks at someone and says like, oh, she's just a mom now. She didn't lose who she was. She gained a new part of herself. And also those parts of her, they come back. Yes. They do. They start to come back like as you have more bandwidth and such. Mm-hmm. I will say like one of the best things that happened to me postpartum was doing the podcast because it yeah. was so helpful for me to have this like piece mm-hmm. of myself that was still connected to like friends because a lot of our friends came on and yeah. connected to new people because we met some great new people through the podcast too. Mm-hmm. And you know, just thinking creatively, that was really helpful for me. But you know, as my son's gotten older, slowly, like other little things are starting to come back. But yeah, my husband and I were just talking to each other, like we have to be gentle with ourselves because just Mm -hmm. as soon as we were kind of adjusting to being parents, it's like, well, now we need to go back to work. Right now we're trying to adjust working and having this child. And, Mm -hmm. and I will say one thing that people don't seem to like to change, to talk about Mm -hmm. that changes is your relationship Mm -hmm. your relationship definitely changes sure and I think there's such hesitancy around talking around like any issues in relationships because Mm -hmm. people are like oh are you headed towards this or Mm -hmm. or whatnot it's like well no there's these natural just like there's ebbs and flows with your body there's ebbs and flows in your relationship sure so there's so much emotionally happening post child. Like you're mm-hmm. changing, your relationships changing, your life is changing, your work is changing. I know I switched jobs very shortly after my son was born. I know, yeah, um, multiple. Because that's not a common, uncommon scenario. Yeah, so there's just so much going on. So right, I get where people come with that. Like, oh, she's just a mom, but now but there's so much under the surface there's so much under the surface and I feel like that's definitely like a preconceived notion I've I've heard people say and yeah just reflecting on it today I was like I just like and especially like now especially now that I'm farther in my pregnancy and I can really like see the change like my belly like I feel like it gets bigger every day right I mean you know you see all my snapchats where I'm like how is it still getting bigger (laughs) but it it, is And it's just like, we are going to grow and we are going to change. And that if that means that 
you know, your relationship with someone and cause that was part of it too. She was like, well, I just like, I never talked to her anymore and I don't see her. And when I do see her, all she wants to do is talk about her kid. I'm like, so then maybe the dynamic of your relationship isn't suiting either of you anymore. And that's okay. Like you can miss your friend and you can say like, oh, I miss the times we used to have together, but it's okay. Also at the same time, like you were saying, like with spouses, I'm sure, and partners, whatever your situation is with your, whoever you're raising this child with is going to change. It's going to ebb and flow. It's going to help. And with like other relations with your friendships, like you're probably going to gravitate towards different people and you might lose connections to others that maybe you don't relate to as much anymore. Um, but I think it's, yeah, I think we need to be mindful of that instead of saying like, oh, she's just a mom now. Right. I also think, listen, <laughs> I understand that maybe people don't want to talk about your child all the time. All the time. Sure. But just think when you get a new job or right. when you have a new relationship, it's something new and big. And that's what you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And when you think about with a child, like you literally created this life, Mm -hmm. how do you not talk about that? Right. Because everything is growing and changing, but your heart has grown and changed Mm -hmm. too. And this like little being is (laughs) so unique and special in your eyes. And how do you not want to talk about it? Right. And I do think as friends, we kind of have to have patience with one another. Right. Because you are like- you're going to, they're going to be obviously like, you're probably going to talk to your mom friends a little bit more than mm-hmm. people who maybe don't have kids. And if they don't like we've had this, the episode totally great and fantastic. Totally great. Also, they might need you when they don't want to talk about their kid, when they oh my gosh. go out I, and like, just, you know, like be that person, be that friend for them, for them when they need you to fill that role in that space. I even had, I even was Snapchatting some, a girlfriend the other day. And I started it by saying like, I'm sorry, all of my Snapchats are about pregnancy. It's just the, it's the main thing going on in my life right now. And every day is different and every day is a new experience and I'm feeling different. And it was very sweet. Like she just came back and said like, do not apologize. Yeah. That's not something you should apologize for. I'm actually very entertaining, like totally, but it was just nice to feel that because like, yeah, there are moments where you're like, oh, maybe I am talking about this like too much. Like maybe I'm getting a little enveloped in this. Right. Um, so like, yeah, relationships are going to grow and they're going to change. And I do think also, cause I think you talked about it a little bit in the first episode too. And I think it's important to touch on again, where it's like, um, like, cause you were saying like how, you know, your relationship with your spouse is going to change. But I, and I think that's also, that's very true, but I think it's also very true because so much is focused on like the baby and so much is focused on the mom. And there's very little attention towards if you are in a relationship with anybody, right. It could be like, it could be you're raising your child with your spouse, whether whoever that person is, um, a sibling is helping you out, a parent, a grandparent. Like I, I do kind of wish there was a little bit more of a space for them to kind of go and be able to talk into. So if you're like a dude or anyone and their partner in their life is having a baby, like maybe reach out to them be like, how you doing bud? Like, Absolutely. do you want to go out and get a beer and like, fucking tell me how stressed out and like you are but how excited you are at the same time like hit him up <laughs> I know for serious I think I shouted him out in the first episode but I yeah. will shout him out every time is our friend's uh husband Kevin he was yeah. the first person who'd asked Cordero who he, how he was doing yeah in so long and 
you know, my husband went through a change too. He's a very active person and um, just always on the move and Mm -hmm. everything just slowed down. Mm -hmm. Like uh, your life just really kind of slows down. It's, It's fast in some ways, but it's really centered on your home aspect. And right. he really had to grapple with that. And it, and there's these things that's, it's challenging. You have this like being that you love, but you're still kind of like, but who am I in this process mm-hmm. of loving this other little person? Right. And, and being um, supportive and being like understanding. And I am, Brian, you can edit this out if you don't want me sharing this, but I <laughs> the thing with my, with my spouse that I've definitely noticed the most is like, I mean, he's very, like, I'm so lucky. He's so compassionate and considerate and caring. Like, do you need more water? Can I get up and get you something? It's just all the little things, right? Like, did you, did you have enough to eat today? Do you want me to make you something? Are you like, do you want, right? All the little things, right? But I think the, um, the part that he's struggling with is I think he feels like he's on the outside looking in and it's hard for him to know. And sometimes I'll feel a little like, okay, like you're in my space a little bit too much. Like, well, what did you, did you ask this question at the doctor and are like, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not like they're doubting you or anything like that, but I think that it's really hard for the person who's not actually physically carrying the child to feel like they're doing enough, even though they are. And to feel involved. To feel involved. Like you can only do so much. And I think that's probably something a lot of partners deal with. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important for people to me reach out to them and just talk, just talk about that. Just say like, how are you feeling about what's happening in your life right now? Absolutely. Because they really are like, they, it's like they would carry it for you if they could, but they can't. And I feel like that limitation causes a lot of stress and anxiety. And sometimes like you just feel, it feels overwhelming. Absolutely. I think about it this way too. I, ideally, everyone's hospital experience having their baby is going to go really smoothly, but it doesn't always go mm-hmm. that way. And there are parts of what happened during uh, my son's birth I just don't remember, you know, I had to have a C-section and I had so much, uh, you know, grief around that. And and because there's just, there, that's another weird, uh, kind of aspect is like some people like, did you have a natural birth or did you have invasive questions? Exactly. You had what needed to happen. So your child could be born and be healthy. Right. So, you know, for him though, he had this experience of, because I distinctly remember watching, you know, them take my son and my husband got to like see him and I was still kind of, you know, my organs placed back in me. So I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. And no one's going to tell you how you're doing because they don't want to scare you or whatnot. And so that was very traumatic for Mm -hmm. me. And it took me a while to recognize that that was also very traumatic for him because he's holding this child who he loves, Mm -hmm. but he's also watching and not sure and not getting any (laughs) answers about how I'm doing. Right. And also thinking, oh my God, what if I end up doing Mm -hmm. this alone? Right. Oh my gosh. So overwhelming. 
so, so overwhelming and, and everyone ever asked how I was but no one was asking like what did what was that experience what was your you? experience right yeah and so I'll I'll kind of I'm glad oh my god it's, I'm glad that we like we're touching on all the things I wanted to talk about which that's is awesome. great um I will say that there is it's a blessing and a curse how much information is out there now right regarding pregnancy regarding um postpartum care this that the other thing right um, my suggestion, and because it's, it's worked out really well for my husband and I is find like two to three or three to five resources that you both really like and really depend on and trust because it has like simplified everything. Like we use the, what to expect app, which is great because mm-hmm. it's like week to week here. Here's what's going on with your body here. Oh, are you having this weird stomach pain? This is probably what it is. Like, and so he feels like he, no, and it's so been so freaking sweet too, because he's like, oh, it's week 17. Like, are you feeling any heartburn? Like, do you want, do you need Tums? Like, (laughs) he's such a sweetheart. He's so sweet because it gives them, I think it helps him know a little bit about what's going on with your body. Oh, I've read mango can help with this pain or that whatever. Like we you know, like all those little things. Oh, and then we also Brian is such a sweet dude. I, <laughs> but it's, I think it helps with that, with feeling involved. I feel like it keeps it in one place. We also listen to this one podcast called The Kick, which I can't recommend enough. Um, it's like this OB and his wife in Australia. And um oh. they've had four kids together. So she's on like the um physical side of it he's on the clinical side of it because he's a doctor and so they both talk about their experiences it's great so like find a good book you like find a good podcast you like and like try to keep it there like try not to google too much obviously we all know that's terrible try not to look on social media because everyone's pregnancy is so different what works for someone else is very possibly not going to work for you they're going to feel and like experience different things so I would just say like find a couple resources and like keep it there yeah, I think that was something I actually said in the first episode yes. too. Is just like also maybe just find that one or two like parent friends. Yes, parent friends. Yes, exactly. That you can feel confident mm-hmm. in their feedback and their you know advice because every parent's experience is different. Mm-hmm. But you will start to get like a lot of chatter. A lot Um, of chatter, right. And chatter, which like, and and you know, people it's coming from a good place. They're trying to be helpful hundred percent, and they're trying to be supportive. And of course, like sometimes you ask like, Hey, what was your experience with this? Um, but that it made me think of it because I sent him, I listened to an episode of the the kick, which is all about cesarean sections because I actually really didn't know a lot about them. And I sent it to him and said, Hey, this is a really good episode. I think you should listen to it. He listened to it. He came back and he said, like, I'm so glad I listened to it because I had it in my mind because back when we were kids, like even, I mean, 30 years ago, C-sections were a lot more dangerous than they are now. Mm-hmm. Like they've come a long way. They're they a lot have. safer than they used to be. Um, but he was still under the impression of when he was a kid and just knowing like that they used to not be safe. He was a little worried about like, if it was, if it happens, what does it mean? So having that like trusted resource that just like breaks it down for you and knowing what, I mean, I know you can't, expect everything but knowing a little bit about what you're going into can be really helpful as opposed to like you said just having all this like kind of chatter around you and not like honing in on one specific topic at a time and it is all meant well for the most part but it does get loud and it's hard to kind of filter it gets really really loud 
So I'm going to recommend another podcast, um, just specifically an episode. Um, it's called Happy as a Mother, and they actually um, have an episode centered on the hormonal changes your body experiences postpartum. Mm. It was so great for me because um, I don't know how it just happened. I, I didn't specifically go looking for this, but as I was coming back from maternity leave, I ended up with a few postpartum clients that I was working with. And um, for anyone that doesn't, I, you know, do therapy typically with kids, but sometimes with adults. And so I ended up with some postpartum parents and learning and normalizing like the hormonal process. I was in turn able to kind of help normalize that for them as well, sure. um, which was really, really great. Um, but yeah, it just made things make so much more sense. So I was like, oh, this is really what you're experiencing isn't so wild. Mm. It's not so far out there. It's not like, so far out there, right? Yeah. And I will say the only, like, for the most part, I've noticed um, that's a huge resource for sure. But I would say like being in, being in 2022, like for the most part, people are pretty aware of like things to like say and not say, but not everyone is. Um, especially in the beginning, I got a lot, I got a lot of birthing horror stories. Yes. Which while I know people are trying to just like make you aware of what could happen, I would say, unless I specifically ask you your birthing story, I probably don't you want don't to know about to, it. You don't need to, you don't, yeah. Like, I think it's a balance too. I was actually at your baby shower. Uh, one of our friends and I were talking about it because we were like, how much do you want to say to somebody when they're pregnant? Because mm -hmm. you want them to feel adequately prepared. Yes. But you also don't want them to feel horrified. Yes. And like very scared. So yeah. Like what's that balance of, of information you want to give? Right. And right. And I think, it, I think a lot of it just depends on, so I had a, a girlfriend recently who had, I think it's called um, the va vacuum birth. Oh Yeah. I think yes. I'm not sure exactly, but so, which I hadn't heard of. Um, and so I texted her and I said, okay, like, give me the information. And she said, do you want the medical version of what they do? Or do you want the nitty gritty of the situation I found myself in? Yeah. And I really, really appreciate that. And I was like, you know what? Hit me with it. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm here. I'm in this headspace where I'm asking for it to get all the information and it was super helpful. And it was like, cause so now like I can go into it with a little bit of understanding of what that might mean for me. Um, again, I know everyone's is different, but I would just say like, maybe if you like, you can say to someone, I had a C-section birth. Let me know if you'd like to know about it. I had mm -hmm. a vacuum assistance. Let me know if you want to know about it, please <laughs> do not <laughs> just go into like, I'm really sorry for anyone that has a not great birthing experience, but I just like, I can't, unless I'm asking for it, I'm not in the headspace. Yeah. I think that's a conversation not with your pregnant friends. I yeah. will say there, there can be like a lot. I don't want to say having a baby is hard. I mean, I guess it's not right. hard for everybody, but like, it is kind of like a big process. Yeah. And so, you know, every, it is kind of one of those big stories that you have. But, you know, talk about that with your other, you know, parent friends. <laughs> They've already pushed it out. Just, when people are pregnant, it is, it just gets to get be kind of overwhelming because you're yeah. worried about so many things. Right. Uh, listen, vaginal vacuum, C-section, whatever mm -hmm. kind of birth you have, 
it's what your body needed to do and it's what your body needed to do they're all common nowadays that's Mm -hmm. something I didn't know when I was listening to the the kick was um it's like a third of pregnancies are natural a third are c-section and a third are assisted natural births I had no idea that it was that and I'm just I just call it vaginal at this point because it's all like natural because yeah it's natural a natural process of creating the life and yeah, maybe it's pretty like, bullshit yeah it's yeah. pretty because then it feels like well then what did I do like yeah. was unnatural but they I talk about it a child. lot in that episode about how because the woman that uh, is on the show she said she had, I think she had four c-sections so all four of her kids were c-sections and she talks about how the feeling like that automatic feeling of like I was a failure mm-hmm. I didn't do what I need and Brian and I was you know Brian and I were talking about the episode and he was like He's like, I understand, I can understand how someone might feel that way. But at that point you've done your job. Like that kid, like you raised it for nine months. Who cares how it comes out? <laughs> I know, but there's such little rationale, like, post- I know, I mean- no, no, no. And I'm just saying it was just, it, it was so funny to hear like that side of looking at it of like, you did a great job. Absolutely. You grew, you grew a human who cares how it gets here. Oh, right? yeah. As opposed to being the, you know, being in it and saying like, oh my God, like I did something wrong because of course we bring the emotions into it. But yeah. It's like yeah. I, I found more and more, like that's just a kind of a, a common response to that. I mean, yeah. I couldn't even look for, it took me weeks to, to look at my C-section scar. I just couldn't even bear to look sure. at it. And in my mind, I thought it was going to be like this ugly beast. I don't know what I was yeah. thinking. I just couldn't. And, and one day I just like counted my, you know, counted down and I looked and I was like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> oh. I was like, that's actually really amazing. That's actually really like, amazing. Yeah. I was like, they, I was like, look at these guys. And then I was like, oh, wait, look at me. <laughs> look at me. You like, see I, this? Yeah. So like, I brought a person into the world, motherfucker. Exactly. Like I was like, this was a little thing right here. <laughs> like imagine that. Like it was, but it took mentally, of it took course. a while to, yes. to get there. And I mean, I was like, I, I don't know. Like I was thinking, like, is it gonna be like a, a like it stitched together with like black yarn or something? I don't know what I thought was <laughs> happening. But you know, then I was like, oh, this is kind of amazing. It's a it's kind you know, of amazing. Think of how many I love women hearing that. Yeah, when you think about how many women back in you know the day died from childbirth. Oh my God! And then well, we right. have these, you know, um, medical things that can that can help us and, and right. keep us alive. Like that's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, right? And it is. So yeah, I like. I love that. You know we're here talking about this. So if anybody else experiences it, or even just know someone in their life that's experiencing, it, can say like, you know, I heard this cool podcast and they talked about C-section scars and no, I love the way that it's, yeah, and, and it's I only, real. the only thing I would say kind of, I guess maybe close out with, cause I feel like, I honestly feel like we could talk about this forever. Like if I know, you wanted, right. We could probably host a pregnancy podcast at this point. I know. Right. Cause but like we were saying earlier, it's hard when this is because this is a big focus of your life. It's a big focus I mean. of your life. Right. And so this is, um, but I feel like we touched a lot, we touched a lot, a lot of stuff that goes with it, right? Like medical yes. advocacy and setting boundaries and 
um loving your body no matter loving what's your going body. on post- weight is just a number yeah. right like it is just a number and you're gorgeous right you're gorgeous my whole thing you know? is like just be good to your heart like take care of your heart and the rest is kind of like bullshit um <laughs> yeah don't let social media dictate how you feel about your body I know it's easier said than done but I have had some really really hard days during this pregnancy because of social media um and I will say that I know it comes from a good place, but I did get a comment a lot of times where people would say like, oh, you haven't gained a lot of weight or, or, oh, you don't look that pregnant yet. Or, oh, you look great. You Mm. don't look pregnant. And it's It's meant well, but it's it's reinforcing those standards that being, you know, slender or not looking whatnot is the, the goal. And now that I am looking more and more pregnant. I'm like, like you're supposed to, like I'm because you're pregnant because I am indeed pregnant. But again, it's like, what does it matter? Right? Like, what does it matter that like, Oh, you didn't, I even had a, literally the woman I was at the, I was at my OB's office two days ago. I had to go downstairs to get blood work. The woman at the lab said, Oh, you're 34 weeks. You don't look like you've gained that much weight. It's, I know it's meant well, it's just not, it's not cool. Let's just, let's just, let's put it out there now that don't comment about anybody's body ever, yeah. especially if they're pregnant, because you're, you're reinforcing the stereotype that pregnant women are just these big, huge, whatever. And even if they are, that's fine. But it was just like, I'm like, just stop. Let's just stop. Let's just stop commenting. Let's just bodies. stop because we, we don't really know. I remember. We don't really know. And yeah. you could have like, sometimes women are so physically sick. They can't eat anything. And that's why they're having a hard time gaining weight. There are so many, sometimes it doesn't There's really so matter. many like, reasons. There's so I, many reasons. It doesn't matter. Just don't. You just don't, don't listen. You can I, say I, you, you look beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, there's lots of like non-physical attributes, compliments that we can give one another. Yeah. Right. If you see a pregnant, if you see a friend of yours and she's pregnant, you can be like, look at you, mama. Look at you go. Like something, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be based on how you, how you look. And I think that goes for everybody. Everybody. We don't know what people's journeys are. You know, a lot of times people, when you see them lose weight, you compliment them, but we don't know if that's a health reason that they're losing weight. Mm-hmm. I knew someone who had a, a disease that was really challenging for them and kept yeah. them rather thin. And people were like, oh, I wish I could be like you. They didn't know the right. struggle and journey that she was, you know, carrying mm-hmm. with her. We just don't know. It's it's we really just don't not. Know. Yeah, and we're also we're really all for us. so sensitive and struggling in one way. So, aren't we and yeah, I did have <laughs> um I did have the worst thing I think was someone said to me um they were like I think what you're doing is beautiful and I'm so happy for you but I would never put my body through that well that's great that's your choice yep absolutely but if I I'm, said that about any of your choices you wouldn't appreciate it yeah and me I mean at this point too I'm like seven and a half months pregnant and I'm like yeah it fucking sucks what I'm putting my body through right now can I tell yeah. you that like I feel like shit like if so you know when people like see you and they're like how are you doing how you're feeling they're I'm sorry they're the responses I feel like fucking shit I'm so excited and I'm so happy for the birth of this child, but I'm swollen. My feet hurt. My back hurt. I'm hungry all the mm-hmm. time. There's all of this pressure to not like to be a certain size. Like, right? Like, <laughs> I have constant acid reflux. Like, it's not, this isn't like, 
fun. No, but you. So but just, it's also a choice you made. It's also a and choice you don't I need made. And saying, right, right. Commenting on that. So yep. I had a you're like really pretty moment <laughs> around like some of the young people I I work with because mm. I've heard multiple times oh part of my uh self-care is I'm going to curate my social media what the f does that mean I'm gonna curate mm. my social media and you know a con discussion it would be like well I'm seeing all of these posts of these kind of like unattainable lives or unattainable mm. goals and unattainable. I think that these are not helping me so I started kind of blocking them and and kind of curating my interests to be around like animals or fashion, like, mm-hmm. like just more like the production end of things. And, you know, once I like learned more, I was, I was like, oh, this isn't as like, as it sounds like, no, this is actually a really good thing. Yes. You know, you can curate your social media to be reflective of yes. where you're at in your life and your yep. needs. And, right. Because um, it's right now, it's just going off whatever you're searching. Like if, and especially like you can Google search something and it's going to filter into your Instagram, like what it suggests to you. Right. So I definitely, I, that, that's such a great hint. I just realized literally this week that you could do that with like the reels that you can hit that little mm-hmm. three squares and right, not interested. Um, so the majority of what I see now is either like cooking tutorials or cat videos. That's it. Yeah. Anyways, we'll I get into wait. it more. We'll get into, we'll get into it. it more. I'm so glad we did this. I hope that we brought some some light. guidance, some life, some light into this fucking crazy world that we're yeah. right now. Um, also, so things are rough out there. Things, things are, rough. are rough out there. Circling back to like finding your couple of resources for your health and your whatever. Um, NPR up first in the morning, 15 minutes, tells you what's going on. And then you're done. Like that's been my yes. news source because it's too much going on right now. It's too crazy. I'd rather just learn to like, give me the bullet points. Don't give me the yeah. sensationalism that comes with a lot of other news sources. So that's my little tidbit. I think that's a great tidbit too, because there is a lot going on. And I think obviously our news is getting inundated with like one story and it's a very, very important story. It's very important. Very, but very if important. you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, but you want to still be aware, that's my little suggestion. Absolutely. And I think it also helps that it brings awareness to other things that are going on yes. too, that are important as well. Yes. And then you can kind of choose where you can invest that additional energy. Yes. Um, because when you try to take on the whole, the whole right amount of everything wild that's going on that is so overwhelming yeah so overwhelming so you can kind of say okay this is this is where I'm going to focus my energy if I want to learn more learn more I don't right need to have to like I know enough to kind of have an awareness but I don't right. need to like know every detail of everything yeah in this moment because we'll never know every detail of everything no. <laughs> we can't just like I can't seem to never have one spoon in my sink no matter how much I <laughs> do <laughs> There's always one spoon or always one, one spoon. So it's okay. It's okay. All right. I love you so much. I love you too. To see each other. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, so I will.